Well, good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 18th, yes. 2018. This is episode 0050 of the Dry Spell Cast. My name is Matt. I'm joined by Austin. Hello. We've made it to 50 whole episodes yes. of this thing. It's crazy. Yes, it is. It's like um, I just remember like it was just yesterday when we sat in the studio for the first, for the time, first time, which was a little over a year ago. I uh, talked about Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes. And we talked about the Switch. Yes. It's been a year. Let's talk about the Horizon Zero Dawn and the Switch. <laughs> bring it. Let's bring it back. Let's just talk about everything that happened last year because it was such a great year. No. And not what's happening this year because it's a terrible year. Uh, I mean, we got a lot of things to talk about. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's actually, it's actually been pretty good. Uh, in terms of what we're going to do today. So far, there's been no Star Wars game that's lied to us about content. So, so we're good. Yes. So it, it's funny to me, and I probably mentioned this about a year ago. So I have a, uh, I posted on Facebook I love this. two years ago. Or something like that. My excitement It was for, for 2015, I think. So three years ago. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And so I posted my excitement that the how awesome the Force Awakens trailer was and that we were getting a Battlefront uh, in the same year and how crazy that was. It going to be such a good and year. And it was going to be such a good year for Star Wars. But you didn't like Force Awakens, though? <laughs> Uh, kind of. Okay. The Force Awakens is not a bad movie by any respect. Um, in terms of like movie, I actually kind of liked it better than The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in terms of like story and stuff, The Last Jedi was quite a bit better. Yeah. But I don't know. I like. I liked it more. It was a movie. It kind of had that classic Hollywood feel to it. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of outrageous uh, because it was it was so, oh, we're going to take the original plot and we're going to do that again, but we're going to modernize it, and which they've done like three times now in terms of Star Wars movies. And I don't know, like it was okay. I liked it a lot when it came out, but the more like I like that, like I watched it a couple times in the theaters, and every time I liked it less. Hmm. And maybe it was just because it was like, oh, this is my generation Star Wars, um, because you know, like the generation before us had really bad Star Wars, and then like our parents' generation was like the best Star Wars. The best Star Wars, which are still like not. When you go back and watch A New Hope, you're like, oh gosh, this is like really bad. The acting's oh, awful. And- the acting is terrible. And Luke Skywalker is probably the worst character in ever. A new, in A New Hope, yeah, for sure. I mean, it was just like, and like, uh, there are certain things that Star Wars has always done well that, like, I totally give them credit for. Like, uh, visuals have always been stunning in Star Wars movies. And the sound is always incredible in Star Wars movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, like, the entire world that was built is kind of neat. It just sucks that when we look at that world, the thing that we focus on 
is bad. <laughs> you know? The Skywalker family... Ruin the galaxy. Yeah, they're terrible. They are awful people. So... But, uh... Back to your thing is 2015 was supposed to be a good year for Star Wars. And, and it turned out that we were never going to have a good year for Star Wars ever again. Yeah, it's over. At least with the battlefronts. I don't know. There's uh, Coming up in our later of the show, we do cover that. But Yeah, I watched. So I was watching video game trailers online uh-huh. last night, like retro video game trailers. Oh, okay. For no good apparent reason other than I wanted to. It and was 2 a.m. You had nothing else to do kind of thing? Or. Uh, I mean, it was earlier than that, oh, okay. but yes, basically. And I was watching a uh, Knights of the Old Republic trailer, a cinematic trailer, and it was like, I was like sitting there and I was watching this before Disney had the rights to uh, Star Wars and they controlled everything in the universe like super closely. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, they did some things here. And, like, some cool things that, like, you never be able to do now. Because, every like, they would just be like, ah, oh, that's not canon, blah, blah, blah. A stormtrooper, blah, blah. Stormtrooper. So, I don't know. It, it made me sad. I think. In ways this that a, I haven't felt This is sad. a rumor that I saw was the next, after the Solo movie, they're going to do another movie that's not canon it's just in the star wars universe which was still will be canon i guess but but like not the storyline that we're not what we're used to familiar with and people are thinking and it's, it's done by the guys that uh wrote game of thrones right and so people are kind of thinking it's gonna be star killer and vader because people are still high on vader right now yes yeah, so i wonder if sean beam's gonna be in it <laughs> I hope so. That'll be so good. Uh, so that's that's the rumor is the next standalone after episode nine. But then again, they're kind of bad too. Like, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big Game of Thrones fan, but in terms of like the way that they have done Game of Thrones, yeah, th- is kind of bad as well. What, what do you mean? Uh, in terms of like just the way the, like the story progresses and the way like the story is written, uh, and I'm not talking about like George R. R. Martin's story. I'm I'm talking more about like the way they adapted it to TV. Mm-hmm. And there's just certain things that I watch and I'm like, eh, that's kind of gross. Like, like there there's just things that they do in that world that is totally unnecessary. And just kind of gross. And so, like, I doubt that's something they would do in a Star Wars oh, no, universe. No, plus, no, Disney no. would never let them. Oh, no, no, no. But I just think it'd be a little, like a little edgier, darker kind of thing. More on combat, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, uh, this this past, The Last Jedi, like, was decent in that, right? Mm-hmm. It had some good stuff in it. I mean, that throne, that throne, the throne scene. room scene was really good. Uh, I mean, that was one of the greatest, like, Star Wars fight scenes yeah i mean it was up there with like yoda uh fighting uh palpatine yes flipping around on those little it's so good great except i don't know what happened to all the what happened to the force the entire time there was like all like just saber combat like why don't they just like force push a little bit that's the thing just just let it be where did where did the force go 
There are so many plot holes that's, in that whole series. That's why, like, I'm excited for like the Star Killer. For anyone who played like Force, the Force Unleashed games, like if you, yes. you, know, you know what I'm talking about, he uses A the Force. Solid B game. He, yeah, he it really is though. But he uses the Force in ways that you never would think be imaginable. And if they like translate that into like t- uh, movie or like on the screen, big screen, that'd be super cool. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's, see, I'm like he takes on a whole Star Destroyer. Right, and that's the thing. Like, the force. we we think about you're thinking of in terms of translation from those video games to movie, mm-hmm. and I honestly do not believe we will ever see something like that with Disney in control. Like, we won't see a like one of those games ever again. Uh, we won't see a Knights of the Old Republic. We won't see. Um, a Jedi Academy or anything like that when Disney is in control. And that's I think that's the biggest bummer about Star Wars in general is because there was some good stuff out there. Like there were some enjoyable games to play on Star Wars that we will never get to see ever again mm-hmm. because at this point the IP is so locked down. And I think honestly that was one of the detriments to Battlefront 2, right? is the fact that they had to like listen to Disney so closely like they they people have come out and kind of said like in rumors and stuff that oh we wanted to put a character designer in this but Disney wouldn't let us because there's no way they're going to allow a pink stormtrooper with a tutu to run around and kill things mm-hmm. like they're just not going to let that happen and I think that that is a huge detriment to because because video games thrive on those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get where they're coming from. They want to keep it like they don't want to turn it into a Black Ops Three kind of. But but that's that's stuff. that's the, but that's, that's what, what sells games. That is what that's sells like games. What so sells they good need to, games. they need to find that medium. Well, there is customizable stuff, but not like pink tutus and stuff. But like where you actually can get your stormtrooper and customize them and put logos and emblems and like maybe and, yeah, maybe battle never, wear on them or it, something. It, and see, they'll never do that. But that seems like a realistic thing. Like like maybe battle wear on the helmet and armor and stuff like that. And like back like what we used to do in Halo. Yeah, I mean, they need to find that happy medium where gamers are happy, but then they're happy. Yes, for sure. Uh, but and I, I don't and think I they think, care. I, I, probably not, but they probably should care because their last two copies of Battlefront have sold like. Well, I think thirds. EA cares. EA cares, and I think. But I don't think the IP holders. See, do. I think I think EA is getting all, a lot of the blame on Battlefront, and of course they did some really dumb ideas like the loot boxes and stuff like that. But I feel like their arms are tied on a lot of creative designs, like you're saying with that Disney's like making them include and like not include. So I feel like if they're EA's in a rock between a rock and a hard place. Oh, at this absolutely. Because I feel like they maybe have more ideas that they want to do, but they can't. And then they then they do ideas that aren't very good, and then those somehow those get put in there. But whatever. Well, they're they're probably told to. They're probably stiff armed. Yeah, that's maybe. See, there was probably like some executive. So I don't know if you know the history of Disney and video games, but it's not great. Like they. They have a problem. Like that's why they shut down all of their studios and stopped making games. But I guarantee you, there was somebody who was sitting up there at a desk during a meeting and said, "Oh hey, you see how the these mobile games how they make money? We want your game to make us money like that." 
so so something like loot boxes or something. And so then EA, like the people that were starting this game, were probably just sitting there like, oh my god, really? Had to go back, scrap well, something cool, not, not even EA, throw probably, in loot boxes. Probably dice, because they're the ones making the game. Yeah, but I can't, no, Disney is at the is doing this. No, but I'm saying like dice people are probably like, oh, damn right. it. Like, uh-oh. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean by Kay. EA. EA dice, EA's whatever. publisher. Yeah, but whatever. The EA probably passed it down to dice. Like, well, pu- EA is the publisher. Dice was the developer. I know, there but EA probably passed it down to dice. Yeah, okay. That's, that's what I'm saying. It went down Disney, the chain. EA, dice. Um, and they're, they probably had to scrap something to be like, oh, yeah, we've got to fit this in now. And that's probably why it got rolled out so half-assed. Um, because it was probably like a last minute change. Then what was hilarious is one, yeah, when they canceled, like, shut the loot box system down. There's nothing. There's not. There's no more content to do. Like that was it. Like, that was it. They were banking on the loot boxes, and then when they cut them down, there's nothing else in the game. Mm. There's a four hour campaign that I heard was just like, eh. Yeah. Which I thought was gonna be so good, and then I heard is eh. Yeah, I never. I I still want to go through it. Do you I own don't it? Don't you? Do or I? do I? No, I don't think you do. I don't think it. I do. But I wouldn't be surprised if you just walk home and it's on your shelf. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think I go through these fever dreams where, like, I just buy things, mostly games, and then, like, I don't realize I did it until, like, a year afterwards. And well, I, I, love, I love coming over to your place. And I look I- at the Final Fantasy fifteen <laughs> that is still in its wrapping, uh-huh. like, every day, and I just look at it, huh? I did that, and you're never gonna sell it. That's what just cracks me up. Oh no! Like, I, well, I yeah, I don't. There's sell times those. when I like I go to his house and I'm like I we're doing something I don't know, and I look on his shelf and there's just there's like four games that he's I didn't realize he owns that he's never played. I mean, Metal Gear, Final Fantasy. I mean, I honestly throw Last Guardian in there a little bit because you barely. I played a, a couple. Bit. I guess hours I guess it. you did a couple hours um, to know what was Battlefield happening. ones in there. Unopened. Uh, no, I actually installed that at one point. Oh. I just never actually played it. Okay, well, there's that. <laughs> and uh, the Call of Duty World War II is out there. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't played that one, actually. Uh, me too, because I've played like every Call of Duty game. Because I am a sheep. Welcome to the first uh, 15 minutes of the Star Wars show. <laughs> right. Can I, I don't think I could spend two hours on the Star Wars program without walking... Uh, just taking the elevator to the top of the sub and just jumping off. <laughs> wow. And with that note, um, I let's think take should, a break. Yeah. We'll be right back. Well, that was something that was uh, <laughs> delightful. How are you, Austin? Great. Um, getting like I'm at that point of the semester where like my senioritis is so bad, but I still have so many things I need to get done. I'm sure you know the feeling. You've been there. I do very well. I'm sitting at what almost two weeks of school left. Yep. And I still have tests, paper, like all this stuff I got to get done. And I'm just like I'm sitting there. I sit at home on my couch. And all I want to do is just play like PUBG or something. I'm like, mm. 
for me, it's all anxiety based. Like my anxiety kicks in and I just can't do anything. I freeze. Uh, like I've got a paper due on Tuesday that I have yet to start because I, I have one due. Next every time week I too. look at the sil- like the syllabus or whatever, I'm just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm gonna go lay down. But I mean, I think I have one due Tuesday or Thursday, and realistically, I'm not gonna start it probably till Monday or Wednesday. It's six pages. I can crank that out in like half a day. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mine's about that, but I. I I always want to do good in these things, especially because I like writing uh, and I, I enjoy like the editing process yeah. and stuff. It's just when when I have like a single thing I can write, like I'm fine. It's when I get like that plus uh, just tons of work plus all of these other things that are going on that I'm like, oh my god. That's I, I feel you there because I like making like doing the best work I possibly can, but I'm also at that point where like. I just want to do well enough to graduate. <laughs> yes, and I have been there. I, I have done that. Uh, although, I guess it was a little different back back in the day. Because, yeah, I got a test today that I got to do after this. And that's the last test for one class. It's technically, nice. technically our final because he doesn't like doing actual finals. And then I got a paper due. I got like a, homework, a big homework assignment I got to get done. I got another test to do. Nice. That's all good. I love how like they spread out. This class has always spread them out during the semester. It's like, oh, don't worry, you won't be like crammed, blah, blah, blah. And then literally like, the last two weeks, they're like, oh, we have still all this stuff we got to get done in this class. So here's yeah, a homework assignment every single day. That's just bad teaching. I'm like, ah. N- not that I am an expert on curriculum design or anything or that like, I have an education degree or n- understand learning uh, theories at all. But that's bad teaching. Uh, I mean, it is, but it isn't. A ton- I mean, oh, it no, kind it of totally is. is. It's 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 really one that, class that's doing that. This. Is that is how you get your students to not understand a thing you're saying? That's true, and that's how you get a bad evaluation on your evaluation. I love. Uh, I got an email from Boise State. They're like, "We'd love to hear about your experience at Boise State, graduate, what, to take the survey and tell us what you thought." I'm like, "Nah." Nah, do it. Really uh, do sh- it. Maybe I should. It, like, those things are super important. And I didn't realize it for the longest time, but, like, evaluations and then, like, your exit interview and all that stuff are incredibly important uh, because even if they're not going to help you at all, they are going to help somebody else. Like, if I had a professor that I thought was just absolutely terrible, oh, I, I do evaluations on you. There is somebody else with that same opinion that came before me, and like they could have spared me mm-hmm. the thousands of dollars I spent to sit through that awful, awful class. Yeah, college. Rateyourprofessor.com. Oh go. man, I I am a rate your professor king. Do you actually like rate them? Oh hell yeah, you I do. do. Like that that is one of the most important services that you can do as a student. Uh and I know like professors like like are like think they're bad and stuff, but it should if, force them if to be better. Everybody did it. Like we would cut back on all of the like BS. It's 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 like it's like restaurant reviews. Mm-hmm. You go in there and every single one of them is bad just because everybody who decides to review is like, Someone oh my who, God, I am so upset right now. It's the person who always had a bad experience. Right. Versus like everybody. It's not a community thing until somebody has a bad experience. 
That's why, yeah, like don't go to Yelp or something for a restaurant because it's like always negative. No right. one's like, no one's like, I had a lovely eggs Benedict here today. I mean, you do you get the um, occasional one, uh, and then you've got the Yelpers, like the South Park parody of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm a Yelper, so um, yeah. So uh, it's like. I have never come into the studio and talked about a good experience with Starbucks, right? I am always complaining about what they do to me. I'm like, I'm enjoying the drink I'm drinking right now. It's good. And I can't complain about it um, other than they put whipped cream on it again. But uh, this is the first time in a long time that they've done that. And if, like, if I sat down and like said good things about them... It would probably even out because they're really not as bad as I make them seem other than them burning their coffee and all that stuff. But reviews. Reviews are stupid, actually. Just all around. Stupid reviews. Even video game reviews? Video games are really dumb. Video game reviews are really stupid. Um, Speaking of which, God of War is coming out Friday. And has been reviewed off of the charts. Out of control. I think the lowest thing I've saw is like a 98 out of 100 or whatever I, it was. I did see an 8.8 out of 100. Oh, or out of 10. Or out of 10, sorry. So, yeah, 88. Um, I saw that this morning. From and like, um, I don't know. That's that's the lowest I've seen. Yeah, it's everything, the lowest I've Everything seen. I've seen has been at least above a 95, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, GameSpot gave it a 9 out of 10. Or are they out of five? They're out of five, I'm pretty sure. No. I don't know. Giant Bomb gave them five out of five. Uh, We're talking Polygon's 10 out of 10. Kotaku was 10 out of 10. IGN, 10 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, everything is just rating this game so incredibly high, and I am so excited for it. I, like, unbelievably excited for this game. Me too. And I just realized, like, I'm not going to be able to play really on release day. I know. Because I'm going to ride along. I I am working basically all weekend straight. I'm working. I guess I'm kind of working a little bit with you too. Yeah, so. just a small amount. But I'm, yeah, gonna I'm, riding, I'm gonna be riding dirty all Friday. Cool. Just kidding. Good not really dirty, but but yeah, I I am so pumped for this game. I know. I can't believe it. And like when we talked about last week, is like the campaign. The story is anywhere from 25 to 35 hours long. That's incredible. Yeah. When every God of War in the past, the game's probably, you could probably sit down and beat it in about six or seven hours. That is just insane. Yeah. And I think, like, kind of an overview of the reviews, um, everybody just says, like, it takes, like, the gameplay mechanics and just tweaks them enough to make it interesting, but also, like, the progression and everything in it is just so well thought out and so solid. And when you combine that with a series that people love, a game that looks great, and, like, all of this stuff that is love, and I think, like, the fact that they are kind of breaking down Kratos from, like, his hyper-masculine Well, that's, like, the one character. thing I saw was he's, he's, this game has made him, took him from a one-dimensional character to, like, a multifaceted Right, person. and I think, like, that is such, like, it is such a good and cool thing to do with a game. Yeah. And I like and I I really want to play this game uh so I can like actually give my thoughts on it. But I mean I'll I'll have it definitely have a time in it by the time we have our next radio yeah, show. Yeah, me too. So, for sure. Not worried about it. I'm uh, super excited for it. 
Yeah, me as well. I've been, I, I mean, really I, this wait. is like the one game I've really been looking forward to, like since they announced it at E3, whenever. Like, was that last year, two years ago? I think it's been at least two years. But the, because when, remember, they their announce was with the orchestra. That's right. That was pretty cool. That was two years ago. And I don't know if you saw this, but they did a video. Uh, I think IGN posted it when they had the review copy. They compared their copy versus what they showed off at E3, and it's even is better yeah. than the E3 demo. It should be. Which is that never happens though, because usually the E3 demo is like the super scripted, like made everything like as pretty as it possibly can. And then when this, the game gets sold, it's like downgraded from there. No, yeah. they don't. They don't care. They have made it better since then, and that's just what's incredible. Yeah, I uh, one of. Uh, one of the musicians in town, her daughter is a level designer for Santa Monica. Mm. Uh, and is she like, it's her dream. Uh, and so it would be really cool to like reach out to her and be like, how is your company taking all of this like incredibly high praise? Uh, because I mean, it's a lot to live up to, especially because the public have yet to see it. Yeah. Like, and that, I think that that, that it always makes things kind of weird. The fact that nobody besides the press has played this, and and you know the the relationship between the community and the press is always kind of strange. But like it, it's it's now held at such high expectations. But I like I haven't seen anything like this since uh, Mario last year. And Zelda last year. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm thinking, like, these three games have come out within, like, a year of each other just is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, usually we have to wait a couple of years in between, you know, the biggest games in the world. Because, like, like, what comes to mind is, like, Red Dead Redemption or something. Like, that was a huge game, hugely anticipated. Mm -hmm. And then that was, what, 2010. And then we yes. had Last of Us come out in 2013. Like that's another one of those big staple, the like big games that everyone just like kind of like was just like a masterpiece game, and so here we got another one down the road here. I'm just kind of yeah, and like I said, it takes a couple of years yeah. in between all of these. But you're saying like it's been such a crazy like couple, year, like, yeah, because of like the Switch and stuff, and there's been some incredible games come out on the Switch. Yes, yeah, and I think like just kind of looking at the industry as a whole. Uh, if we can maintain this kind of quality standards, I think like that's a super important step. And like I said last year when Mario came out, like when do we start referring to games as pre-Mario Odyssey and post-Mario Odyssey? Because like at that point that was such a big deal just like they taking like again a beloved franchise and building on it to a point where like nobody expected it to ever go. And I remember seeing a review for God of War and said, and like the first line is said, like, this will define uh, the change in video games as we know them. Mm -hmm. And like, just thinking about that is like a super cool idea. Maybe it's like a little hyperbole or whatever. Yeah. But uh, just kind of thinking about that as a whole, I think is super exciting, especially in in a world where we view everything so negative mm -hmm. and like every, it seems like every game that is anticipated that comes out just proves to be disappointing for, for the mob. Right. 
like not the actual mafia, but like <laughs> the mob mentality. Yeah, I, I got you, man. Uh, but like the thing is, is like proving yourself in that negative market. I think is like a really important thing. And if they pull it off successfully, like that's going to be a big deal. It's going to make things like No Man's Sky or Sea of Thieves or Battlefront and all of these like super disappointing things. Uh, maybe more disappointing, but also like it'll make it the industry as a whole realize that we can't handle that stuff anymore. Like, if they can do it, you can do it. You know, like everybody has the potential to make something as incredible as this without shortchanging your fan base. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I think that's where God of War is, seems super exciting uh, because they they had so many steps that they could go wrong. And follow kind of the trend in video games in making them quote unquote bad. But they were like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do what we want to do and we're going to make it as good as we possibly can. And I just. I, I feel like that's I, always been the mantra though of Sony Santa Monica. Because like all the other God of War games have always just been incredible games. Yeah, but the, I think this takes it to another level. It does. I mean, because it, it shows where we were at 10 years ago with the last three God of Wars to where we're at now. Or even farther along ago, because I think the first one came out in what two thousand five or something. Yeah. So it shows where it shows where video games have gone. Yeah, and I mean, like I know that like the God of War series is beloved, but I never like. I never felt like it was world changing. Mm -hmm. Like it was always like something that, like this is a good game. It's come out. Like people love it. People are gonna play the crap out of it. But it's not like everybody is going to reference this in the future as like a Marvel and video games, uh, you know. And I think that, like, if this one can do that, it says a lot about them mm -hmm. as a studio, especially since it has been so long since we've heard from them. Yeah, I don't know if they've really re they haven't released anything in a long time. They've probably been supporting other games and stuff. Yeah, I'm I, sure. I've seen, and I'm, I'm sure I've seen Sony Santa Monica on other game titles. Yeah. So I don't know. They did. I think they were on, I forget. They're on Sonic PS4 exclusive, obviously. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm ex really excited for this weekend. Between that and Super Troopers, <laughs> uh, hashtag 420. It's my ride along. Um, oh my god. Yeah, I'm going to ride along in 420. <laughs> <laughs> a ride along. Oh, oh yeah. Oh good lord. Oh yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It seems like we are back. Are we back, Austin? I think. All right, we're back. Um, so, yeah. Let's talk about video games for a while. Although We've kind of been talking about them. Anyways, have you been playing any games lately? Nothing new. Well, good for you. Just 
I really haven't been playing much. I've been kind of busy, so, but. Busy. What is that supposed to mean? Busy. I have been busy. I've been actually doing a lot of school work lately. Because, like I said earlier, school it's like. School work. I don't know. Just keep, just keep going. I don't know if I want to. You're bringing me down. Um, yeah, I don't know. Played some Siege and stuff the other day. And yeah. Then yesterday, and same old Siege hasn't really changed. So I looked at Siege the other day. Again, I keep on looking at it on my computer. It's only, what, 15 right now? So it's $15, but it's like a weird... It doesn't unlock all the operators, and it's like a weird progression system. I, I like, think it's the one I got. There's like different versions of it. Yeah. So like it, I think the one you're looking at probably is it will give you two operators right off the bat. Yes. And then from then on, every operator is the same price. I think it's like twenty five thousand right now or something. Oh my god, it's that's a lot. So much, or maybe not that much, but which is kind of annoying because like when you for, when I originally got the game, it was like the first you you got one free operator to start with, and then every subsequent office uh, operator would like it would go up in price. So like the first one in a group of four would be like five thousand. Right. Yeah. And then uh -huh. it'd be like nine thousand. Then it'd be like twelve thousand and stuff. So like they put them all in a flat a flat fee, which is kind of annoying. I don't like that feature. I don't think it's that expensive. Because that's how much it is to like get a DLC operator. I think mm -hmm. it was like tw I think it's like twelve twelve five, yeah, for an operator. So I mean, it kind of makes you feel inclined to buy the season pass to get the all the operators. Right. So I think if you buy the most current season pass, you get all the previous operators. See, I'm not hundred percent sure about that, but I'm. Yeah, I think that that's a really like a really interesting way to approach it because like if you were to tell me that it was free, but when it was free, you got like one or two operators and then had to unlock the rest of them with just this ridiculous amount of renown. Uh, I would be like, oh, that totally makes sense. But the fact that it still costs, I'm like. That that's crazy to me. I don't know. It's like I find that really strange. I I mean I don't because they're still making new content and new operators for that game. Well, and, I understand. And that. the current like if you buy the current season three pass, I believe you get all the previous operators. Yes. And all the ones that that are other eight that are supposed to come out for this season two. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think that that's just it's it feels weird to me. Doesn't mean it is. It just feels yeah. weird. Whatever, yeah. Whenever Siege. if you decide to get it, I'll play with you. Yeah, I one do of these have days. it on. I do have it on PC. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's fun. I. But honestly, I'd probably only play like two operators, anyways. <laughs> I know, like, I, it gave me sledge when I bought it. it gave me sledge and smoke. Oh, you don't like, get to choose. No. Well, that's weird. I think it gave me two. I don't remember now. It gave me two. Um, but those are two ones I play really often, anyway. So I wasn't too mad about it. Those are two I don't play. They watch you get like Blitz and right, someone else like Blitz and IQ or something or no, yeah, there are two attack operators. But yeah, it'd be kind of funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's I, I still think it feels really strange. Like just that whole concept. Yeah. So uh, I, in terms of playing video games, uh huh. Uh, I played uh, a lot of Overwatch this past week. Uh, finished my placement matches with like seven days left in the season, which I always seem to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and then played with some friends. Um, 
had a good time. I actually had like a really good series of Overwatch matches when I was doing my placements. We won like four in a row, and they were fairly easy wins. Um, I think one of them was kind of a clutch win, but like everybody on it, like I always go into voice chat, and I'm like always kind of friendly and stuff. Uh, and it seemed like the first four I played, everybody was like super supportive and really nice. And like everybody was having fun and like all this stuff. We were communicating. We weren't fighting over composition, all that stuff. And I was like, wow, this is how games are supposed to make you feel. And then like the fifth game I played, we got steamrolled. And of course, somebody in chat started a flame war. And then everybody started freaking out at each other. And I'm like, oh, nope, that's it. That's, that's, that's the community I was waiting for. Mm -hmm. uh, so that, that, that was my experience with Overwatch. I did play it quite a bit or a few, couple of that retribution thing. Yeah. Uh, that is enjoyable. Like, I actually had a lot of fun. Um, I didn't play. I played part of the older one because that's included in it. Uh, and I did like the newer one better, but it was, it was neat. Uh, at one point, like, because they choose the operators in which you can choose, um, or you can play like this mode where you can choose all of the uh, operators, the, all of the heroes, no, not siege. And so I like, we went into the all heroes mode and like, I can't remember, we chose some, like, a couple of characters, and the guy, like, we got paired up with, because there was three of us and one rando, he, like, got in chat and was like, you guys should choose someone else. So all three of us chose a support character. So we had, like, Anna, Mercy, um, who did I play? Loosh? See that? I don't think so. Zen? I don't know. I don't remember who I played, but it was a support character. Um, oh, no, I played Ana. I guess I was the Ana. Anyways, yeah, so we had, like, that. We had, like, Ana and Luce and Mercy, and the guy's like, fine, I'll do it, and then just, like, picked another support character. So we ran four supports on the hardest difficulty, which, by the way, like, the previous match, we tried, uh, like, the, like, normal people and got killed incredibly quick. Mm -hmm. So we got, and we lasted for like 20 minutes as support characters because we could just, we were just healing each other. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then like I would run out and I would like throw the like the little, uh, the little bomb thing so nobody else could like, so they couldn't heal and we were healing. And like we just did that for like 20 minutes before we lost it. Uh, but it was so funny. We made it so much farther than we should have. Uh, so I played a bit of that. I did play some Fortnite. Uh, I got my first Battle Royale win out of every Battle Royale I've ever played. I got our first win last night. Uh, I think all of us were alive, too. I got the final kill. No, I saw your picture. It was only two, I think it was only two of you alive, right? That's what, it's what I saw. I don't remember. I thought I thought it was, it was, it was you. And no, there were three of us. Um, I think. Where'd you send it at? Was it I don't know. I think I said it was your Snapchat. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I think you did. But uh, yeah, it was good. We uh, we won a victory, and I got the final kill and a couple more in between, uh, which is the best I've ever done at Fortnite ever. The Port of Fort does an amazing amount of changes for that game. Mm. 
How uh, big of a fort does it make? It's a big fort. Is it? Yes. It is multiple stories. I think it's like four or five stories. So how rare are those things? Um, I think we got one uh, probably two or three times last night hmm. over like a couple of hours span. Okay. So not very rare. It seems like you see a lot of port forts popping up. Um, it's not like port fort everywhere, but like... You definitely see quite a few in the game. I even got a llama last night. Nice. I got a, a loot llama. It was good. Um, I still don't really like that game. But <laughs> uh, I also, there for new games, I played a bit of Minutes. Yeah, this was, I was had an eye on this one. I just kind of forgot about it. Kinda yeah, thing. I saw this uh, several months ago. And it like watch like some gameplay, cool and I'm idea. like, ah, oh, that seems kind of neat. And then totally forgot about it. And it released this past week, and it's like, oh, oh yeah, that game. So minute is a over the head uh, exploration type game, uh, adventure game. Isn't that like, kind of a puzzly game? Like yeah. yeah, like a la like Zelda, like the original Zelda. Okay. So it's black and white, it's pixels, uh, pixel animated, everything like that. So you start and you, you're basically wandering around. You start in like this little uh, cabin and you leave your cabin and you go around and you see a sword. You go and pick up the sword and it tells you this is like when the game starts. At that point, you have 60 seconds to beat the game. Mm-hmm. So you you immediately start running around like a chicken with your head cut off, trying to explore the different world and stuff. After 16 seconds, you die. But you restart, and you start with the sword. So your 60 seconds starts then. If you continue exploring, you find some other items. Uh, and you, when you die, you restart with those items. So that's kind of how the game works. So you Stop doing that oh, on my chair. Sorry. <laughs> Um, so you still start at the beginning every time, but if you get an item, you keep the item. Correct. So, that's so how, it's very kind of Metroidvania. So that's how that you sense. get the progression in the game. Right. That okay. is the progression. So like theoretically, when you have all the items, you will beat the game in 60 seconds, right? Once you know where you're supposed to go and so on and so forth. Um, and you slowly but surely start to unlock different areas. And at a certain point, you start finding like different spots that you can actually like it changes your house location. Hmm. So you start the game in different spots. Uh, and so, like, immediately off the back, you get your sword. You, uh, you find, like, a guy in a little cabin or a little trailer or whatever, and he tells you, oh, like, there's five crabs. Like, I'd have so much more business if these five crabs weren't out there. So you then go find the five crabs, and you kill them. And, of course, all of this is, like, you learn each of these steps in different run-throughs. Yeah. Or different lives. And so once you kill the five crabs, you go back and he's like, oh, like have this light. And then you get the light you, or you like, I think it's coffee, actually. I think he gives you the coffee and then you can push boxes, which opens up more areas. And so, then you find a key and you get like in a lighthouse. So like, what happens is you reset, but the world does not. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And so like. The first time you go to, like, you have to fight the five crabs to get the coffee. But the second time, you already have the coffee. So you don't have to fight those five crabs anymore. So you get a little bit farther and farther each time you play it. Uh, and it's a neat concept. Um, I'm hearing it only takes about two hours to beat a run through. 
It's what I'd imagine. I wouldn't imagine the game to be like super, super long. Yeah, and people are kind of like complaining about the fact that it is kind of just like it's just that. Like, there's no deep, meaningful progression or anything. It's just kind of like, oh, run, find something. Oh, run, find something but how else. Hard, oh, run. Realistically, how hard would that be to do in a game where you're only alive for a minute? Right. And I like, I'm, I'm not a game developer, so I can't comment on that. But I like, it would obviously be difficult. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to say that it is not it, like possible. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. It's one of those games that I can like sit down and play for like 10 minutes at a time uh-huh. and enjoy, but I cannot sit down for like an hour or more and play. Like it, it like just the fact that like I'm seeing the same environment over and over and over again, I'm just like eh. And I've always felt that kind of way with these like those games. I mean, I felt that way with the original Zelda. Um the more I look at the same world, I'm just like I I don't actually care anymore. So like I I want like again I want to beat this game but I like I don't see where I I don't foresee where I'm gonna be like oh I'm gonna replay this game a million times I don't know how much stuff is hidden in the world or anything it just feels like a very pretty straight ahead kind of linear format in a non-linear way hmm. if that makes any sense at all uh, how much is it uh ten bucks okay. So not not too bad. Yeah, it's nine ninety nine. Uh, it's not bad at all. And I I mean, like I said, I'm enjoying it for what it is. I just don't know if I really totally enjoy that kind of game. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, well, I think that does it for games I've been playing. So we need to take a break. We'll be right back. Well, let's go ahead and let's get into news. Um, let's talk about a game that we have been playing that we really enjoy uh, that has, is getting some updates, and that game is Sea of Thieves. Yay! I saw this. And I was really, really excited Yes. That. It, this is, again, what I said originally this game needed, so I'm happy to see that they're It's almost they're like they listened to our show. <gasps> I mean, they did tweet me they That's did true. retweet me maybe they so maybe they listened to well maybe they read the review i wrote i doubt it probably but never know i actually got quite a few uh reads of that review uh just no comments because apparently nobody wants to comment on my stuff huh so uh, uh pc gamer posted the first sea of thieves content update is coming in may with a new ai threat Ooh, spooky maybe the kraken actually has a body now No. Coming in early May, the first big content update called The Hungering Deep will add a new AI threat to the world as well as a number of new mechanics and some unique rewards. The event sounds similar to the Kraken in that it can bring crews together and may require them to work together. Um, Have you ever seen a crew working together with another one in a Kraken? No. I haven't, but maybe PC Gamer has. 
After that, Rare plans to release two more content updates this summer, and then three more before the end of the year. The first summer update is Cursed Sails, which will add a new ship type, and the second is Forsaken Shores, which will add a perilous part of the world to explore. Both will also include new mechanics, new events, and new rewards. All of these updates will be free. Rare also says it's planning to run weekly events, which will begin after the Hungering Deep releases. Arguably, there's not enough reason to go out and explore, says executive producer Joe Neat, I'm going to say, which these events are meant to rectify by stashing more rewards throughout the world. He also hinted at, quote, new mechanics, unquote, that could come in these updates, including Cursed Cannonballs, not sure what those are, but they sound good, and Skeleton Thrones, which are little thrones that could appear in hard-to-reach places waiting to be found through a spyglass, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, I think them adding Sea of Thieves content is that's, incredibly well, necessary. It's exactly what they need because I don't think I've played since our adventure that one night. I have, but I haven't played a ton. And because I, I have a feeling like I loved what like what we did, what the game did, but I have a feeling if I keep playing, I'm gonna get bored. Yeah, with it. it's one of those games like like we talked about. It's gonna be one of those games you kind of like sit down and play for a bit and then not touch it for a while and then see what what's new when you come back to it kind of thing yeah i need to i need to launch it and play a little bit i still find it like incredibly relaxing it i is. still want to be a pirate no it's a good game it's fun like Somali i am pirates we um yeah i really still want to sell all my stuff and just become a pirate well, you got the hair for it so far so there What's that supposed to mean i don't know you look like a pirate with your hair also i've got a picture i've got to show you oh cool. um but not right now because um, our listeners can't see that picture. Can't see it. Uh, that's and that's what that game needed. Because I, I want them to add like more, I guess, progression kind of stuff. Because unfortunately, everything that you get for gold is only for cosmetic items. Really, it is. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But I want them to like do something where you actually can like buy things like ship upgrades or something like that. Yeah, and so uh, well, and uh, they said I guess it wasn't in that article, um, but they said that they are adding a new ship. Well, a new a new ship, so maybe it just looks different. I want, I mean, I'm kind of want more customizable because that was like one thing I noticed when we were playing is like our ship is getting so worn down from fighters, and they and so like we're using all of our supplies and whatnot to keep our ship afloat. We sink them, but then they come back with full supplies. Yeah, like. I wish there was a point where, like, if since we keep playing and we're doing all this stuff, we can upgrade our ship and make like the hull stronger and stuff like that. Like, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I kind of like the the level playing fields. Yeah, I get that, but I like I'm totally cool with the cosmetic stuff. I wish there was no. Like, I'm I'm fine with that. I just like the, I, I wish there was like guns and stuff that you could change. Like the three guns seem super limiting. Yeah, it's like, like the pistol, the shotgun, and the sniper. Right, like, and there's nothing special about them. Yeah, other than they might look different. Depending on how much, see, they should you have, have like different versions of the pistol that have like different stats or something. Like, yeah, that's kind of like like what faster, I like see. faster reload or you know more damage output but slower reload or something like that. I don't know, or hold more ammo, but oh, I feel like there's a lot this game can still do. This is a huge step. Uh, that's like the one thing. The one thing I'm really excited for is the weekly event. Yes, absolutely. That, that's that's how I want to do this game. Maybe hop on one day a week, do the events, do whatever's there, and then call it good for the week, and then hop on next week and do that stuff. Yeah. So. No, I'm totally with you there. Um, I think I don't know. It's 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 definitely a balancing act. Like, 
I don't want all the progression based on just that. Mm-hmm. Like I like I want there to be other things than oh, let's just go grind a weekly challenge and then yeah. get off. Yeah. Like like I think we aren't playing Destiny 2 because that's all they gave us. Yeah. Uh and like like I'm not into that weekly challenge kind of feel for a game, but if it keeps me like interested, sure. But as it is, like, what weekly challenge can they do other than, oh, do five skeleton missions? Or, yeah, raid this fort or something. Right. Um, we'll see. I hope it, they do something. I'm excited for the these the hungering deep and all that stuff and this new AI threat. Ooh. Yeah, and I think, like, I think that's a really smart move. No, it I really think is. I, AI is one of the things this game actually yeah. needs. Because all they have is the skeletons that don't really do anything, and I feel like there's no threat. I hope it's, like, a like a ship or, like, a mm-hmm. skeleton crew on the ships yes. or something. I want to see something, like, that I can interact with. Like I want, I want kind of. This is a bad example. Can I kind of want like an Elder Scrolls style mission, where like I go and I talk to these pirates and, like they say, oh, you, we need you to do this for us, and then you can go and like you learn, oh, like they're the bad guys, and so like you have to double cross them and stuff like that, where it just it makes the world seem more realistic. It mm-hmm. makes it feel like you're living in that world versus like, oh, I'm just occupying it for 30 minutes at a time. Yeah, I get that. I feel like yeah, the because the questing is not super well done hopefully that's like the new mechanics they're kind of talking about is kind of revamping how the quest system works because most m- most of the time the quests are just all the same thing yeah go to this island find the, find treasure, the chickens get the chickens find the treasure blah 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 if there's actually like more in-depth stuff like you talk to people like hey i lost i gotta go do this blah, yeah like an elder scroll style of mission i can see that i can hope maybe that's what they will and I mean, it doesn't need about. to be super full of that. No, just like a few, or like when you when you level up one of the factions, you get like a special faction quest or something, yeah. where you go fight. I don't know, go fight Davy Jones or something. Yeah, yeah. I that's what I want out of the game. Uh, we'll see if that's what they do with it. And I, um, amongst other things, I saw a post on Reddit. That like people were requesting out of everything that you could request in this game, that the ship bell be just a little bit farther away from the ladder up to the crow's nest. Mm. Because of how many times, people how many times ringing. have you tried to like come down from the crow's and you nest, keep the bell. and you just keep ringing the bell, and then I just fall off the crow's nest. Yes. Like, yeah, that's that's it's happened a couple. Of times. That's like that's what like people are wishing for in this game, and that cracked me up. I'm like, yeah, everybody has this problem, don't they? That's funny. I I didn't even like think about that, but yeah, I've definitely ring the bell on accident, and so I try to keep backing up, and then you just fall off. Somebody was like asking like, why why is the bell even there? Does anybody use the bell? And I guess you can actually ring the bell when you're playing your instrument. Which people say is just like super annoying and a really good way to annoy people, mm. which is great because. Sweet. That's one of the core features of that game. Uh, but it's griefing people. Yes, griefing. And uh, yeah, I don't know. But if you could do that, or if you're like people don't have voice chat and stuff, you can use it. Uh, I don't know. Like I, I guess I talked about my streaming here 
uh, some like maybe last week or something. I don't know how long it's been. But when I streamed it for the Boise State Subathon, I actually like I went up to the front of the ship to check something out and fell off. <laughs> and so I was sitting in the water just screaming, no, no, my ship as my ship like goes past me and just keeps going at like full speed. And I'm like, well, this sucks. And it's like it's like in stormy waters. And so I'm trying to swim to like find a mermaid. And I can't as my ship just keeps going towards these rocks. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's great. Oh, no, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, that that game is something. It's fun, isn't it? It's cool. It's fun. I'm excited for the new stuff to come to it. Cause I want them. To oh, there's a yawn into the mic. The Good job. Um, I want them to keep supporting this game. Yeah, me too. I think it's selling pretty well. So I think it's sold really super well. I just don't hope though. I just like hope the players keep playing though, because that's like the big thing. Is, like, it sells game sells well, but after like the first month or so, it just drops off dramatically. Yeah. So. Well, if I learned anything from Taylor Swift, its players are gonna play, play, play. All right, we need to take a break. We will be back for hour two. Looks like we're in hour two of the Dry Spell radio show or Dry Spellcast or something. We call her something now. Hello, everybody, for listening. Uh, hey, Austin, how's it going? Fine. Good. Good. You yeah. good over that that short little break? Yeah, it was good. good yeah. Re- refreshed. Good. Yeah. A little, a little cold, actually. It is kind of chilly in here. I I am getting a little cold. It's is cool. that chair new? Ah, uh, it's been here for at least well, at least last week. I know. Huh. Interesting. I Anyways, know. <laughs> little things—the little things that keep me amused in this studio. Um, yeah, so we're here. We're gonna talk about video games for at least another hour, um, and then we're until they s- kick us out yep, here until we skedaddle quickly. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get into some news. This is uh, the Cliffy B drama portion of the show, sponsored by. Cliffy B himself. Yes. Yes. Um, we are not sponsored by Cliffy B or anybody for that matter. It's actually kind of sad. Um, but if you'd like to sponsor us, yes, let us know. Let us know um, because I probably won't accept it. Uh, so GameSpot reported this. Uh, I don't know who reported it originally. I did see it. I think I actually retweeted this, this stupid tweet. Um, but Cliffy B is out there. Um, talking about games and causing problems. So this article is how Fortnite Studios taking my employees. <laughs> Radical Heights Dev says, again, uh, yes, Cliffy B. Here we go. Cliff Pazinski, who made a name for himself as creative director of the Gears of War series at Epic Games before leaving the company to start a new studio, has kicked off a public dispute with his former employee employer. Sorry. Blazinski is accusing Epic of poaching developers from Studio Bosky. Both are based in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. Tweeting on April 14th, Blazinski asked Epic to start its efforts to, quote, hire away my team, unquote. Adding that he's proud of Bosky's newly launched Battle Royale game, Radical Heights, which runs on Epic's Unreal Engine 4. 
Blazinski went on to suggest that Epic's reported hiring of Bosky developers is related to the fact that Radical Heights is a Battle Royale game and is thus competing against Epic's uber-popular Battle Royale game, Fortnite. All right, so here is how the Twitter war went. So it starts with Cliffy B saying, Hey, Epic Games, could you please stop trying to hire away my team? We just launched Radical Heights on Unreal Engine 4 and are re really happy with how it's going. The picture on my screen is way too small to do this. Um, and so Cl uh, Cliffy B responds to this. Oh, God, I can't even read this. He responds to his own thing? There, yes, he it's just a thing because yeah. you do that when you don't have any room. It says there's... There's room at... Okay, I can roll me read it. Yes. There's room at this genre for more than one... Uh, more than, more than a few games. SMH. SMH. Shaking my head. Um, and then so somebody, I don't know who Kerbob. that is. <laughs> Kerbob97. Uh, so I think that's an eight. <laughs> no, it's an eight. Where? I think it's Kerbob87. No, it's 97. I can see it. You need to get some... I, I'm wearing glasses. Okay. <laughs> uh, then he responds. So, would you support another idea for the game for the genre? And then he said, "We have plenty of ways to make it our own, but that may never see the light of day if they keep doing this." All right. So the article continues. It is unclear how many Bosky developers left the studio to join Epic, but the figure is apparently substantial enough for Blazinski to start be airing his grievances in public. When asked to clarify, Blazinski said, "Quote: A substantial amount of surgically targeted targeted key staff have been have been poached." Is pretty much all I can say right now. In December, Bosky co-founder Arjun Brucey left the studio to rejoin Epic. A former online engineer at Bosky, who has since joined Epic, William McCarroll, said on Twitter that Blazinski is out of line for calling out Epic about hiring away some of its staffers. Quote, with all due respect, assuming that Epic is the one starting contact slash poaching is a bit presumptuous, he said. We all had our own reasons for making the choice to leave BKP for epic and to act like we are commodities being stolen is a bit hurtful we are people first and foremost i mean i make sense epic's making tons of money on fortnite and uh lawbreakers right well <laughs> yes right and plus it's like i bet epic's paying better yeah i'm saying like they probably have way better like they can pay way better because they're making so much more money on fortnite than i mean obviously it's, it's early game. for Radical Heights because it's still an early, early access. Extremely early access. And, I mean, they're doing like the Founders Pack and stuff, but who's really paying for that right now? I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay for that right now. Yeah. I mean, for what I've seen of the game so far, there's no way I would pay money for it. No, I haven't played it yet. I wanted to and totally forgot about it. Yeah, we need to play like a couple matches here and there uh, sometime this week uh, because it, it has its thing, but. It's thing is so little right now. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry, I could not help myself. All right. Um, yeah. Battle Royales. 100 Battle Royales drop into an island. Yes. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I think this whole flame war is crazy. Uh, I call it a flame war. I don't know if that's really the right term for it. But... You know, it's it's just fascinating. It, every time I look at turn around, it feels like Cliffy B is fighting somebody. Oh, Cliffy B! Well, I love and I love how like the people that are leaving his studio are people that are like, worked for Epic, probably left with him, 
and then saw like what happened with Lawbreakers and kind of like, I want my job back. I, I don't know if it's so much Lawbreakers as it is that he has a certain personality. Yeah, and that could be the reason, too. There's probably many reasons, but these people who are like, I had a better job at Epic, and I'm sure they'll love to have me back, so I'm going to go back. Because they, they have families they probably need to look uh, look after. Right, which... You can't, you can't pay... Fam- can't pay for food with on good faith. It's true. Or, or experience. That's right. Yes. Somebody who's been paid in experience a bunch of my life. You can't buy ramen with that. And if you can't buy ramen with it, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Wow. Huh. huh. Yeah. <laughs> Siri, play war. <laughs> what is it good for? All right. Um, so, yeah, there, there is your uh, Cliff Plasinski drama moment of the day brought to you by, I don't know, give me a, give me a brand. Hasbro. By Hasbro, <laughs> your source for cheaply made board games. I don't know. I don't know why Hasbro's what popped into my mind. I don't know. Why did Hasbro... <laughs> what has Hasbro done in like the past like decade that you like recognize? They, they were part of that Power Rangers movie. <laughs> oh, they were. That's true. A more, I think more of they just own the rights to Power Rangers yeah, than they're actually part of the movie. Yeah. Hasbro. Okay. Uh, what has Hasbro ever done besides Power Rangers? I mean, they don't they put out life? Like, isn't that a Hasbro game? I'm sure they have tons of board games that we just don't even realize. I'm sure they do. We want to Google it? No. Okay. It's not that important to me. Nope. King of Kongs. King Kong. <laughs> King Kong. Are, okay, Donkey so Kong. are we going to talk about this now? Okay, so. We can. I, I just was throwing it out there. It was, next, <laughs> it was next on the list, so. I was just waiting for the awkward silence to get more awkward. Because <laughs> I was really enjoying just sitting in silence. And people listening like, what's, what's <laughs> that's, happening? What's going on right now? I think these guys are stoned. There are children everywhere, by the way, outside. <laughs> Like small, small children. Yeah, like like four years old. Yes. I don't know. There's some like kind of like Earth Day thing they're going like on. A, they're doing like a science day. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, I see people walking around and like, that guy has a tie-dye lab coat. <laughs> yeah, earlier I was walking by, they were uh, dropping bottles, water bottles of liquid nitrogen in, in like a tub of water. Dropping bottles in the club? Yes. Dropping bottles in the club for the four-year-olds. Uh, no, they were filling like plastic water bottles with liquid nitrogen and sealing them off, and they they blow up if you do that. So they threw them in, like tubs, like trash cans of water, and they would like literally like launch them in the air for like three feet. I want cool. I want to see all of this. Like, where? Why isn't this going on anymore? Can we go ask them you to see, do this? See the trash cans that are like over the hill there? Yes, that's what they were doing them in. Fascinating. Like, why? That's I want to cool. take part in this. It was cool. It was fun. Yeah. Ah. Is it limited just the f- to the four-year-olds? I don't know. I don't know. These these kids look like they're in like oh. middle school or high school. These or are definitely something. middle school kids. They they're going the same place, I think. It's Science Day. It's Science Day at Boise State, apparently, because we need science on this campus every now and then. 
That was that, that was I'm sorry, that was a low blow. Billy Mitchell. Let's talk about Billy Mitchell for a minute. Um or for a couple of minutes. Um Do you know who Billy Mitchell is? No. You, I I'm still amazed you've not seen The King of Kong. Like I, I guess it's weird to me that a video game fan has not seen that documentary because it's like the biggest documentary about video games ever made. I, 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 I don't know. Next Two Pixels starring Adam Sandler. Yes. I've not seen that either, actually, so I don't know. Have you seen uh, uh, Wreck-It Ralph? No. Uh, do you watch movies? <laughs> Apparently not. Like, uh, Did you see the Lego movie? Uh, I saw part of it. Until someone turned it off, and I was really mad, and so I just went to bed. It was like late at night. I was like the first half of the Lego movie. <laughs> I don't understand what goes on in your life. Like, it, it sounds like you're controlled by somebody other than yourself. No. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, the, so there, there's a documentary called The King of Kong. And for those of you out there listening who have never seen this movie, you should check it out. It's like a pretty well done documentary. Uh, and so it's about a man by the name of Steve Wiebe. And Wiebe uh, sets a world record on Donkey Kong, beating the uh, current champion, Billy Mitchell. Who Billy Mitchell is kind of famous in the world of old like arcade games. Um, he has set a record for the perfect Pac-Man run, hmm. which means uh, every single dot eaten. Uh, every time you get the larger dots, you eat all the ghosts. You eat all the ghosts. Um, you get all the fruits. Everything. Um, there is like a perfect score for Pac-Man um, before I th- uh, some kind of kill screen happens uh, because that happens with all of those old arcade games. Just like you get to a certain point where like the RAM can't actually hold any more memory and it, it just kills the game. Like there's no ending scene or anything. It just stops. Hmm. Um, and like in Donkey Kong's the famous one where like... If you get to the kill screen, uh, you can kind of get like halfway up the level and then you just start flipping and then you die. Hmm. Uh, and so like Billy Mitchell and Steve Wiebe, the documentary is about their battles back and forth to claim who is the world record holder of King Kong or not King Kong, uh, Donkey Kong. And we're talking the original arcade version, like with, uh, I think at the time Mario's name was Jumpman. Yeah, it was Jumpman, and so on and so forth. But uh, it's a it's a really neat documentary. I actually do recommend checking it out. Uh, in terms of like video game documentaries, this one is really good, and it, like I, it's like up there with like indie game, the movie. Like it's just like kind of must see in terms of video games.
All right. So since I edit out all of the the like liners and stuff that they make us air on the polls for our podcast, the people listening to the podcast will not hear what just happens. I forgot to turn off the liner, and so it just started playing, uh, and I just screamed, "Oh God!" <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's why that break was so abrupt. <laughs> uh, it was because of that. But we're back, uh, and we're going to uh, finish this Billy Mitchell story. Good God. All right. So uh, this is a long one. Um, and I think we actually kind of talked about this, like, maybe a couple months ago. We, we mentioned, like, the guy uh, compared his world record run against, like, the like the actual machines and MAME and stuff. And started saying, like, oh, like, this is not an authentic run. And so uh, this is kind of the ultimate crux of that story. Good God, the mic won't stay in place. <laughs> I just want you to face my face. Okay, that's good enough. I guess I'm just going to turn my whole body. Um, so this is from the Polygon article. King of Kongs, Billy Mitchell's score, high scores wiped out by Twin Galaxies. All of the high scores of Billy Mitchell, the longtime Donkey Kong and Pac-Man champion, have been thrown out by Twin Galaxies following a review of seven-year-old footage that determined three of his million-point high scores had been falsified. Twin Galaxies, the high score sanctioning authority whose history practically begins with Mitchell's career in the early 1980s, announced a decision early this morning. Um, I don't remember what morning this was. It was sometime last week, I believe. It concludes a lengthy review of a challenge brought in early February against Mitchell's 1,062,800-point performance of July 31st, 2010, which had long raised suspicion in the Donkey Kong high score community. Quote, based on the complete body of evidence presented in this official dispute thread, Twin Galaxies administrative staff has unanimously decided to remove all of Billy Mitchell's scores as well as ban him from participating in our competitive leaderboards, quote, Twin Galaxies said in a statement. Later in the article, it says Twin Galaxies stopped short of concluding that MAME had produced the scores but still said, we know certain that an unmodified original Donkey Kong arcade printed circuit board did not out put the display scene in the videotaped score performances from a twin galaxies viewpoint the only important thing to know is whether or not the score performances are from an unmodified original dk arcade pcb as per the competitive rules the organization said we now believe that they are not from an original unmodified dk arcade pcb and so our investigation of the tape content ends with that conclusion and assertion Twin Galaxies' decisions means that not only is Mitchell no longer recognized as the first million-point scorer in Donkey Kong history, all of his other scores have been stricken from the record, official record, too. Among those is what's considered the first perfect game in Pac-Man history, a score of 3,333,360, the maximum before Pac-Man reaches its kill screen and becomes unplayable. Mitchell, who hit that score in 1999, no longer appears with the seven others who have also played perfect games. His player page on Twins Galaxies is now blank. With the Mitchell's scores vacated, that means Steve Wiebe of Redmond, Washington, Mitchell's rival in the 2007 documentary The King of Kong, is now recognized by Twin Galaxies. This is the first million-point score in Donkey Kong history. 
Twin Galaxies and Guinness World Records collaborate to maintain what many consider the authoritative all-time high-score list. Guinness World Records has yet to update its own database. Woo! Did you catch that? Yes. <coughs> yeah, so I guess like if you follow the world of like competitive arcade games, um, this is this is a big deal. Like Billy Mitchell is a huge name in that scene, and he has since come out and made a statement saying, "Like all of the truth will come out in due time." They're doing the trash can thing. Um, so all of the like the real facts will come out in due time. Uh, it just need to wait until uh, it happens. But, like, if you've ever seen The King of Kong, obviously the, it, it's, you know, it's a documentary, but it's also it, editing plays its place in this, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, him seeing, like, an arrogant dick may be, like a, like, a true thing, but maybe not quite as bad as they make it out to be in that movie. Uh, but... I don't know. It's it's kind of cool and kind of interesting to just see, especially like how serious people take this stuff. Like obviously, world records and stuff are like a big deal to a lot of people, but like the fact that somebody has gone through and analyzed frame for frame, like his run versus like an actual arcade cabinet, is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And if you've ever watched the movie, it, like he has a thing against playing in public. Most of his big runs have been done over VHS. And, like, one of their big rules at the time was that if you submitted a VHS, you had to submit an unedited, full VHS with you in it. And he never did that. He only supplied screenshots of it. Hmm. Uh, and so, like... Uh, like there was always something kind of fishy around it, but now that like somebody has actually gone through and really compared what Mame versus like a real arcade machine looks like, and what his looks like, uh, I think it's it's weird. What that means? When was the last time you played a Donkey Kong arcade cabinet? Like what do you mean? Like the original? Yeah. When we went to Grinker's that one time. Okay, How, and so what? That was, was a, what's six, the last? seven months ago. Yeah, probably about then. Um, I'd say the, I I've probably been to Space Bar a couple of times since then, um, and I played Donkey Kong while I was there. You know what that means? We both have better records than Billy Mitchell. You're right. You How fascinating a, is that? And you have a smug little look on your face right now. I know. Eat that, Billy Mitchell, and your hot sauce. He, he's, he's a hot sauce salesman. Oh. He has his own hot sauce. Oh, what do you, what do you, you know? You would know that if you'd seen the movie. Well, I haven't seen the movie. You should. We need to watch the movie. Okay. You need to have a movie night. Okay. And watch this. It's a good movie. All right. Have you seen any game in the movie? No. I've never heard of that either. How? I don't know. How have you never heard of these movies? Indie Game the Movie was like a big deal. 
That's a good one. Like you would really enjoy that. It's like it follows the guys who made uh, Super Meat Boy, uh, Fez, and Braid, I believe. Okay, uh, and it's real good. It's a it, that one is a really well made film. I really like that one. And at that time, like that came to me in my like gaming hiatus after the PlayStation came out. And after watching that was when I went and played Fez that brought me back into gaming. Yeah. Uh, so That's right. Like it, you forgot about that. In 2014. Like, I didn't play video games. Or it was 2014 to 20. Oh, Other than Gary's mom. Well, because 13, 13 came out know. was when the PlayStation came out. And that's when you... I stopped playing video games. Was it 13? It was. I don't know. Oh, I don't remember. I don't it's know. so long. I don't know. It all rolls together. But uh, that's a good one. You should You should see that. Okay. I actually recommend it to all of our okay. listeners if, if you get a chance. Indie game, the movie. Yes. And the King of Kong. Yes. I'm trying to think of other good video game movies, documentaries. I think there's one on the history of Atari. Maybe. Hmm. That might also be a fever dream. Not that I have many of those. Okay, Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars? Back to Star Wars. Are we back to Star Wars? If you want to go back to Star Wars. Uh, like, what What do you have on Star Wars? I thought you had this thing. What thing? Oh, yeah, that. Let, that's less Star Wars, and that's just EA. We don't talk about that if you don't want to. I mean, I kind of do, just not right now. Okay, let's do something nice. Something the, the, this is the kind of discussion our viewers deserve to hear. Us debating on what we're going to talk about or not. I'm still watching these trash can guys. Um, Shenmue. Yes. Shenmue? Shenmue. Let's just call it Shenmue. Shenmue. So uh, one of the weirder things to come out this past week is uh, apparently Shenmue 1 and 2 are getting a re-release for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, but they're not remastering them. What? Why? They're old games. Why? Yeah. Why are you not remaster them? I don't know. Maybe they don't have money. Maybe their Kickstarter did not give them enough money to remaster. Oh, their Kickstarter got them so much money though. I know. And actually, it's probably different people. Like that. I yeah, bet you anything that the different. people that are making Shenmue Three can't do this. <laughs> no. I bet this is just like Sega. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Cool. Let's just do this. I mean, Sega has kind of been out there just pulling stuff out of their hat uh for the past like year i was like oh yeah we're gonna do this oh yeah by the way we're doing this oh here's this and so uh this is the most recent in that line of uh what the hell why not right yeah so yeah shenmue one and two if you have not played them and you really want to have a bad time (laughs) they're coming out just for you I've, I I had, I had no idea what these games even were, and then I remember in E3, whenever like four years ago, when they had the guy come on there and like announce the Kickstarter for Shenmue Three, I had no idea what was going on. And there's one guy in the theater behind me, like freaking out. Like I remember oh that. Oh my god! Like right, and all of us like, is this a big deal? Like, do we? It's not actually. So so I don't know. Shenmue has this weird cult following, and maybe that's just a thing. Like. 
a lot of bad games have cult, cult followings, but this is definitely one of those games uh, that has a cult following that shouldn't. It is a bad game. Back in the day, like, so we need to play this together sometime just so you see what it is. Okay. But it's like this really just, you just walk around and like talk to people and it's just, it's poorly made. Really poorly made. Maybe for the time it was okay, but. It doesn't hold up is what you're saying. Not at all. And I, I highly doubt it held up back then too. To be honest, I think people are just crazy about these kind of games sometimes. I and love this. The Shenmue 1 and 2 collection is billed as the best Shenmue experience to date. <laughs> they haven't announced how much it's going to cost. Probably 30 bucks. Probably, and it shouldn't. This is something you should just be able to download for free. No. If they're not going to remaster the game, why the hell are they releasing it? Like I, I like I like money. Yeah, whatever. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, but I don't know. I knows. You knows. All right, we need to take a break. We will be back. So that break was a little bit longer than normal, uh, and that was because the science experiment was actually going on outside, and so we needed to watch it. <laughs> uh, and we did. We saw the trash can go up like a couple inches, but like water shoot out of it like five feet. It was pretty good. It was sweet. Dry S ice. Science. Or science. I think it was even just liquid nitrogen. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like I'm not a science person. It was liquid. I think it was. I think that's what their partners liquid nitrogen. No. I don't know. But yeah, the, some science went on outside of the studio today. Yeah, science. Yeah, science. I like science. Brought to you by Hasbro. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about Call of Duty. Uh, let's. Because arguably one of the largest video games franchises in the world. And they just came up with arguably... The weirdest and stupidest decision. They probably could have done. Yep. So uh, Black Ops 4 won't have a traditional single-player campaign, according to sources that talk to Polygon. Um, so uh, some sources went to Polygon and said... Uh, Call of Duty for or Call of Duty Black Ops 4 won't include a traditional single player story mode. According to sources with knowledge of the product status, the shift in creative direction will make Black Ops 4 the first mainline Call of Duty to ship without a standard campaign. When reached for comment, an Activision spokesperson said, quote, we don't comment on rumor and speculation. We look forward to revealing Black Ops 4 on May 17th. Quote, the sources who asked for anonymity, 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 Anonymity. 
anonymity said that as Black Ops 4 released data approached, it became evident that development on the single-player campaign couldn't, wouldn't be completed. One source said Treyarch had since focused Black Ops 4 development on expanding multiplayer and the singery's popular zombies mode. Wow. The source described an emphasis on cooperative modes as a potential stand-in for the typical single-player campaign experience. How stupid. Stupid. What a terrible idea. Uh, Considering Treyarch was the one who always made pretty solid campaigns. And then they go and do this. When you think you can't get any dumber, you go and do something like this and don't redeem yourself. It's bad. That's This is bad, people. This is the end. I I guess, like, I just question the... The reasoning behind something like this. Um, you know, the Black Ops series has been, like, pretty well received. Mm-hmm. And so, and, I, like, I hear the stories are pretty good. I have, I've never actually never played a Black Ops game. I played the I first one. I think I one. played one of them for, the, like, the first, like, two missions. And I did stopped. the original one. was, like, set in, like, Vietnam time. And it actually was yeah. really cool. It was really well done. They did a lot of cool things in there. I haven't played any of the sequels, but... Oh, I well. think I have three, and I think I played, like, a few missions of it, but that was it. I just, like, I don't really understand what kind of reasoning would lead you to this. Because, well... People buy these games just for the multiplayer, so they're like, "Well, let's just cut off the campaign altogether." But there's a lot of people that like enjoy the campaign, like, and won't buy it because of that reason. Yeah, because I mean, they're like, "Oh, I like playing the games. I like the multiplayer, but I like playing the campaign." I know too. this is crazy, but like, I usually play the campaign first and a little bit of multiplayer, and that's it. Yeah, like I usually play less of the multiplayer than I do the campaigns. And so, like, this this really heavily turns me off to it. Unless it was something like they did something like Spec Ops, uh, like, from Modern Warfare 2. Well, they do, like, yeah, special missions or something. Right, like, they have the special duo missions. Uh, I just hope they're not banking all of it on the zombies mode. That's what they say here, you know. Just, yeah. When are we going to be done with zombies? I don't know. I've never liked the zombies modes. So I just, like, I can't really foresee why they're still happening. Um, I I guess I haven't done the World War II zombie stuff yet. But even, like, even just saying it right now, it just doesn't, like, it doesn't make me want to go play it. No. And I don't know what it is about those modes, but I just don't really enjoy them. It's so. going to be a zombie battle royale. <laughs> Hundred zombies come out of the ground. So you're on to something there. What if they cut the single player because they were introducing Battle Royale? It could. So hmm. I'm on to something. I just got a text from Treyarch. Stay right there. We're coming. Oh go. Oh no. <laughs> right. So I don't know, like I know that's like kind of like tin hat material right there but that's what's hot right now yeah but honestly that the hansel he's so hot right now i that that actually wouldn't overly surprise me 
Like, I guess I'd still be maybe a little shocked, but I'm not, wouldn't be overly surprised. Because it says the development on expanding multiplayer. Oh, no. That's what it says. How do you expand multiplayer? Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Now, if they did a zombie mode inside a Battle Royale, kind of like what PUBG did. Yeah. I that could, could be kind of cool. I, I could do that. I've still wanted to play one of those zombie modes on PUBG and just have never found a, found a session. Yeah. I kind of thought that it'd be more like an actual like playable mode and not just like a custom game kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe maybe in the future. I don't know. But for sure, that that is that is an interesting take that I didn't think about until right now. And there's part of me that feels like maybe that's what we're gonna see. I I mean, I'm kind of almost leaning like I'd be more surprised if they don't announce a battle royale versus if they do. Well, I'll point. be surprised if there isn't some kind of battle royale thing. But saying that that's what they replaced like a big portion of their game with. I think would be like the more surprising part of that. Like we know they're going to have something battle royale based. Uh, but to say that that's like the base game is but, where I think I mean, the shocking part comes maybe from. Maybe the campaign will come later. Cause it says on the thing, it became evident that development on the single campaign wouldn't be completed. So maybe it just won't be done. And then maybe later they'll, why? Because the three years that they had wasn't enough. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? And the gods unless, and gobs of money unless, that Activision like, makes. Unless that makes sense, they just scrapped it and then did a Battle Royale mode because they just saw what happened this last year with Battle Royales. They just scrapped They're like, okay, we're stopping campaign. Let's just work on this kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. It's yeah. all speculative, of course. Yeah, this is totally speculation. We have no hard evidence for any of these things. But I, I don't know. That's That still, to me, remains a really porch and voice and moves you know maybe if they did like a six eight hour campaign a battle royale mode and then their multiplayer like the rest of their stuff i'd be like oh that's a full game yeah and then actually seeing it without a campaign does not feel like a full game to yeah, me. yeah and it's doing what ba- the first battlefront did it's just well, multiplayer only the thing is is you know this game is going to be 60 bucks like you oh, know it will 100%, be 100 percent loot boxes enabled all that good stuff uh and like battle royales can't get away with that um the at 60 all 60 bucks thing yeah because yeah. yeah they're not full games right they aren't full games they are experiences in what they are but they are not a full game like, like they are a different thing um, you know, PUBG is what it is, but it is not a full game, you know? And, like, that's the thing. Like, I I just can't see... Stop comparing PUBG and Call of Duty. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm not, and I'm <laughs> no, not comparing. Uh, that, that's I'm using joke. PUBG as an example. No, I, and that makes sense. Because it's a, the, was the... It's kicked off the Battle Royale It was craze. the straw that broke the camel's back on this, and then it's just ever since then just been a floodgate of it Battle Royale. It was the Royales. ice that started the ice avalanche there you go it was the it was the the first snowball right to start the avalanche so yeah call of duty will most likely not have a traditional single player campaign weird doesn't mean they won't do something but yeah huh yeah i think that's a that's kind of one of the more interesting things to come out of this week yeah 
I was kind of surprised by that. So May 17th. Okay, yeah, so a month away. There's a, we will the, see something the more. The announce, the revealing, I guess. It's going to be not much, probably. Probably going to have some Rolling Stones song. Probably. Probably some, or Imagine Dragons, because that's the hot thing in trailers. That's true. Call, All right. Calling it now. They're going to have footprints running to the beat of Believer. Nailed it. Oh, my God. All right. Well, we do need to take a break. We are going to be back in just a couple minutes. All right, y'all. We've just got a few minutes left before we are out of the studio for the day. Um, A couple last things that we want to touch on. Uh, First of all, EA says it has learned from Star Wars Battlefront controversy and vows to be better. So uh, I'm not going to read the whole article here, but that's that's enough you really need to hear. Um, Everything we've talked about, the loot boxes. Yeah, just kind of apologizing for that. Uh, EA also had some major shifts in leadership over this past week. Um, A bunch of like... uh, chief directing officers and stuff like that just kind of moved around. I don't think anybody lost their job. I think people just shifted into different positions with inside the company. Um, and like you said, there's, there's stuff like that going out. Um, but what I think is probably some of the coolest news, um, which Austin is going to read for us. Yeah. Uh, why don't you take that IGN article? So I saw this a couple of days ago, but apparently two, a 2K studio is reportedly developing a new Bioshock. So a studio within 2K is allegedly working on a new Bioshock game, according to the new report. Uh, Kotaku's Jason Schreier, Schreier's report Schreier? largely... F- what? I think it's Schreier. Schreier? I don't know. Schreier's report largely focuses on the making of Mafia 3 and the impact it had on the developer, Hangar 13. But in his reporting, Schreier discovered an unannounced project in the works at the neighboring Secret Studio, uh, codenamed Parkside. This project is said to be like the said to be the next Bioshock, according to the report. And it sounds like it's not the only top secret, but also quite early in development. Or it's not only top secret, but also quite early in development. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, quote from the article if anyone from hangar 13 tried to strike up a conversation with those at the studio they'd say oh we can't really talk about it one source told kotaku it was a very it was all very light-lipped so tight-lipped oh is that saying sorry glare <laughs> tight-lipped i was gonna say yeah. light light-lipped <laughs> uh another source said the studio was keeping the parkside team small for now in order to avoid the overstaffing that sometimes encumbers large studios kotaku reports that many hangar 13 employees tried to climb aboard parkside in the wake of the studio's decline but most were unable to find a slot um quote the issue is that parkside's not ready for lots of people end quote one source said quote they're trying to be really smart about figuring out what the core thing is end quote uh, so 
last thing here. In November 2015, Strauss Zelnick, CEO of Take-Two Interactive, which owns uh, 2K, said Bioshock is unquestionably a permanent franchise, which led fans to believe that the series would see another installment after Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Take-Two rekindled this idea in a fiscal report uh, released in November 2017, which said a highly anticipated new title from one of 2K's biggest franchises would release by March 31st, 2019. However, while this mystery title could be very well uh, be the project for by Parkside. It could also be Borderlands 3, which is also in Take Two's wheelhouse and is in uh, developing. Gearbox is almost certainly working on right now. So yes, so uh, maybe a new Bioshock. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't either. I mean, they just released the remaster not too long ago. Of I think it was just one and two, wasn't it, or was it all three? It was all three. It was, I believe. And I'm not. I would not be surprised. We haven't seen a Bioshock in the, this new current gen. In a long time. Infinite came out. I want to say 2012, 2013, around that. I'd time. say about that. Yeah. Great game. I um, never played Infinite. So I played the first Bioshock. Never played the second one, and I've played the third one. And the third one was an absolutely fantastic game. Yeah. With story and gameplay mechanics and everything. The length was good. Like, it's a great game. So I'm really hoping that it does continue uh, the franchise, which I wouldn't be, like, shocked if it doesn't. Um, Yeah. So March 31st, 2019, either that's going to be Bioshock or probably uh, Borderlands 3. Yeah, that is that has been confirmed. That it is probably both, to be honest. I think both of those are slated to come. I think Borderlands is going to come first. I'm just I'm, I don't know I'm throwing that out there, and I think Borderlands it's going to be my my thing that's going to be announced this year at this year's E3. Yeah, I think that's, I could see it. I think that's I could be see the him big, announcing. I don't know from the sounds of it, it might be a little early to announce the Bioshock, but I think I think because they came out like two years ago. Gearbox said they're working on Borderlands yeah, Three, so it's been a while. I think there's they're probably at a point where they can announce the game. And shows part of it off. Yeah. And that's the one I've been really, really, really looking forward to since for a long time. Borderlands 2 was a great, great game. And that came out. I only played the first one. Gosh, what, 2009? 10? Uh, yeah, I think it's it was It's been a long time. And, I mean, it's one of those games I have no problem just going back into it any time and playing. I have done it, like, semi-recently. So, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so look out for that. Speaking of E3, so <laughs> it's time to start really talk start talking about E3, which is crazy. But we're we're getting close to just a month away. Yeah, almost. we're <laughs> we're like two months out at this point. Less than a month and a half. Yeah, uh, which is absolutely bonkers. Uh, but so thinking about E3, uh, the press conferences are kind of starting to line up for when they are. Uh, we're looking at a Saturday EA. Um, like so Saturday, time. June 9th, right? Uh, they'll do. They'll start it off early, do their thing. Um, I hope that they have more influencers <laughs> on the floor, Come and here I hope and play this game. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, we'll uh, see what EA does. It's going to be an interesting one for them because they've had a rough year. Yes. <laughs> That is an understatement. <laughs> so, yeah. And so then Sunday, June 10th, we're looking at Microsoft and Bethesda. Um, no shockers there. Similar to last year. Yeah. Um, Monday, expecting Sony in the evening. Uh, 
just like usual. And then Tuesday, Nintendo in the morning. Uh, Devolver, I think, kind of hinted that they were going to do please, something. Please do it. I know. As bonkers as it was. Um, it was the best press conference of the whole show last I would year. be surprised if we don't see them do something weird and viral. Uh I, I still recommend going back and finding the last year's one. It's 15 minutes long. It's Just watch weird. it. It's great, though. It's weird. And then uh, expect the PC, uh, Game, PC gaming show. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, that we can expect. Uh, and then the indie mega booth should be there as well. It's not that far away. No. Which is crazy. It are, it, and like the hype, the hype's already starting. Now the hype is starting. Rumors are starting to swell up. Um, we got talks of releases and stuff like obviously Call of Duty with the May announcement yeah, and probably I, see full reveal at E3. Is I'd makes, see makes by sense. I'd say by mid May is when we'll really start like really talking about all the rumors and what's happening. And there'll be the games that have been like confirmed, uh, not confirmed. It's all going to be shown off. It's gonna be a good time, fun time. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, Me too. Always am. Yes, as always. I'm sure, um, I'm sure Sony will do the the theater thing, and I'm I hope I can do it. Yeah. If not, are we sad day. Yeah, I mean, you you'll do it. You'll take time off to do it. <laughs> Remember, I missed like 40 hours of work to do our <laughs> our E3 stuff last year. That's right. Um, all right. Well, I think that does it for us today. Again, games that are coming out this week, I think the only one that I really care about and need to focus on besides Nintendo Labo. Um, I'm just going to buy the cardboard because I just want to make stuff. Um, God of War. God of War. God of War comes out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and everybody will have a happy 420 uh, because of it, because of other things. Like Super Troopers 2. Yeah, Super Troopers 2. That's what I'm talking about. So, uh, yeah, that is going to, I think, probably take up most of our weekends Mm -hmm. slash next week is God of War. I'm really pumped for it. I can't wait. Um, If you would like to get a hold of us over this coming week, uh, send us your emails, comments, concerns, things like that uh, on Twitter at Radio. You can go to uh, Facebook.com slash DrySpellRadio, DrySpellRadio at gmail.com. DrySpellRadio.com is an actual website. Um, I'm hoping to get a text thing up in the next week. Uh, We have YouTube stuff. You can go to YouTube, uh, search for DrySpellRadio. We will pop up. It's our little orange logo. But I think that does it for us today. Yep. Please send us your questions, uh, things like that, so we can have it on air. We're only in this studio for a couple more weeks, and then we're gone forever uh, until we make our own studio. Or something. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Uh, but thanks, everybody, for listening. Austin, thank you for You're being here. welcome. Uh, and we will be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>